Hey, Kurt and future Odophiles, this is Allie. And this is Adrian. And we are the, the Bottle Blondes. We think wine is delicious, but we know that learning about it can be pretty overwhelming. We use our love of comedy to make learning about wine fun and approachable because we are learning about it too. In improv, mistakes are gifts, and boy, are we going to make some mistakes. So thanks for coming on this ride with us. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at Bottle Blondes Wine. Give us a listen, and if you like our podcast, leave us a review. And for pictures of the wine we drink for the cast and our other adventures in wine, follow us on Instagram at Bottle Blondes Wine and on Twitter at Blondes Wine. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Uh, all right, well, okay. uh, I guess it's uh, it's time to go over to the New World. Oh, yeah. Uh, and while there are quite a bit of countries that grow uh, Merlot in the New World, uh, like Argentina and Australia, uh, I'm mostly going to be focusing uh, completely on the United States. Oh, it's a big country. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's where we live. You know, so I figured, 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 why not? And honestly, um, I was having a hard time finding a lot of uh, Merlots that weren't from the United States when I was out doing my shopping. So for today's purposes, we're going to be um, drinking some Merlot from three of the main, uh, or two of at least two of the main uh, wine growing states in the United States. And that would be uh, California. Oh. Uh, in Washington. So, uh, California, out of all of the United States, uh, California produces most of the U.S.'s wine. That makes sense. Yeah, I have a very old figure here, but uh, just to give you a representation of what it was, in 2004, it was oh, about 90%. Holy guacamole. So, I think it's probably uh, a little bit less than that now with the rise of, you know, the Oregon and Washington wine industries. Um, you know, and the reason for that is California has got a very diverse uh, and beneficial uh, climate, which lends itself to uh, a lot of different a, styles of wine oh, and yeah. varieties of wine. So a lot of grapes uh, thrive in different areas of California. It's a long, it's a long, big country. Long, I mean, skinny. Oh, country. Oh. oh, they do want to be there. Oh, they do. They do. They do. Uh, anyway, back to California. So just a quick history. Uh, grapes were first planted uh, in California in the 1700s. Uh, monks, uh, Franciscan monks from Mexico, uh, when they were settling that part, they uh, they took their uh, their vine clippings from Mexico and brought them up to California. Oh. Uh, then in the 1800s, uh, some settlers came over uh, and brought some other plantings over. Uh, and then you know, once gold was discovered oh, in California, rush. the gold rush, we had tons of immigrants coming over bringing vines and so that was uh well thank you immigrants you yeah, know thank, thank you. you uh in the 1950s a lot of commercial wineries uh started popping up again fueled by uh the gold rush there was a lot of demand for wine uh oh. in during the gold rush time that and then since you know they were out there and they were on their hands and knees and you know canning for gold canning for gold works up an appetite for booze oh yeah uh, you know, and then in 1890, that gosh darn phylloxera. Oh. Oh, yeah. Phylloxera is the bugs that uh, killed a, a lot of plantings in Europe and the, the, came through the United States. Oh. Yeah, so phylloxera came through and oh boy. And then, you know, then they started to recover from phylloxera. And then, you know what happened in 1920? Gosh darn prohibition. Gosh, gosh darn it. So a lot of, uh, you know, vineyards were ripped up. Uh, the only vineyards that were allowed to exist were ones that made wine for purely sacramental purposes. So when 1933, the end of prohibition happened, uh, there was only 140 wineries in that California. That is just so sad. So, the, so, so sad. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there was a big... Uh, you know, a rebuild about getting the wine industry back on its feet. And then, of course, in the 70s with the Judgment of Paris, oh, yeah. put California wine uh, back on the map. Back on the map. So that's where we kind of are today. Uh, one of the, the most popular uh, wine regions in California is the uh, Napa Valley. Oh, yeah. And that AVA is located, uh, is an Ap Napa Valley is an appellation located in the AVA of the North uh, Coast region. Yeah. So there's three uh, AVAs clustered up there, Napa, Sonoma, Mendocino. Mendocino being the most northern, Sonoma being closer to the ocean. And then uh, the Napa Valley, uh, which is actually pretty small, um, but it has... Uh, but it's one of the most, um, you know, popular 
popular regions, and it's a lot of beautiful. wine comes out of there. Um, that's where Robert Modavi, who was a, a big uh, influencer oh, in getting yeah. California wine, that's where he had his first uh, winery and vineyards. Uh, and Napa was actually uh, California's very first uh, AVA. No so, way. Yeah, 1981. No kidding. 1981. So the region uh, grows a lot of Merlot, a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon, a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon. They do a lot of Bordeaux-style blends. Uh, and Chardonnay is also huge uh, in Napa as well. So I, you know, I really had my pick of the litter. Oh, you <laughs> sure did. On Napa, Napa Valley uh, Cabernet, I mean, excuse me, Napa Valley Merlots. And I was trying real hard to find one of the fancier ones, but, uh, you know... This, this is still pretty nice. This is a $20 bottle. Uh, this is from uh, Hawkstone in Napa Valley. It's a 2015. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you more about it in a second. Oh, I can't wait. So this one is a deep garnet uh, on the nose. It was a oh, very cherry, sure. herbal. Um, not a lot of vanilla on this one. Definitely more nope. chocolate. Uh, medium high tannins. Uh, this one is a 13.5% alcohol. Oh, that is just so fruity. So these grapes were hand harvested uh, in the dark of the night to encourage oh. the, fir- the fruit forward characteristics of the wine. Um, 10 months uh, malolactic fermentation took place in the barrel uh, and then pump over was performed three times a day to maintain the rich fruitiness and tannins. Uh, it also is gonna go really good with pork. Uh, pork and uh, like pork chops, pork chops and applesauce and like uh, Italian style sausages. So it'd be a good pizza wine too, if you like a little sausage on a pizza. You know, it kind of smells like a like a chicken apple sausage oh, in yeah. a real yummy way. Oh, this opened up very nicely. It when I tried nice. this yesterday, it was very flabby and flat. Um, mm. So it's definitely already that is outstanding. It is so much more fruit forward than your old oh, world wine. It's bizarre. Boy. It's very interesting the difference already that Isn't I'm tasting it? between the two. Um, yeah, crazy stuff. These grapes are from Napa, but it was actually uh, vinted and bottled by uh, a winery in Sonoma. So I wonder why that is. That's probably too expensive to own property in, in Napa. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Yeah, so somebody, you know, farms the grapes and then gives them to Sonoma. Sonoma is another really big Merlot oh, yeah. uh, region uh, there. So... <clears throat> That was just a, you know, an outstanding first example. I can't wait for you. Well, the second one is a little different. Uh, but one more, yeah, one more quick thing about Napa oh, Valley. Oh, yeah, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, oh, Marcy. Don't. You can cut me off whenever you no. want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Napa Valley has, I don't have a, a strict number on it, but, you know, there are so many tiny little uh, sub-appellations within oh. you know, the Appalachian. Um, and if you've, I've driven through Napa. I never, I didn't wine taste in Napa. Oh, but it, why not? Oh, you know, we were t- wine tasting in uh, Mendocino. Oh. Napa was a little out of our price range. You know, that's <laughs> fair. It's more expensive. That is fair. But you can see of those, I have a little map here, uh, which you can't see at home, sorry, but you just see that, you know, Napa is so small compared to the other. Oh, my you know, goodness. Region. You know, I never looked at it side by side before, yeah, but you're Sonoma, right. Sonoma is, is huge. Sonoma is huge, and Mendocino is kind of a good, you know, middle in between the two. I mean, it's not in the middle, but it's, you know, in size-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we got next? Oh, well, next we are uh, going a little bit further down the coast. So that was from uh, North Coast, and now we're going to go uh, to the Central Coast uh, of California, which is actually one of the most productive regions uh, in California. It's also a huge uh, agriculture region for um, vegetables. Um, I guess, yeah, which is maybe might explain why this wine is very vegetable. Uh, so moderate. So this wine that I have next for you is a 2014 Ryder Estate Central Coast Merlot. Uh, Monterey is the largest uh, Appalachian within the northern part of the Central Coast uh, Appalachian. So it's much closer to the ocean. Oh yeah. Um, so the grapes have a little bit more of a fight uh, to survive out in Monterey because oh. it's so windy. Yeah. So um, the, probably chilly. Yeah, a little bit more chilly. Uh, so 
this is not uh, a very not a very fruitful <laughs> wine at all. Okay. Uh, this this came recommended by the wine shop that I went, uh, and I, maybe I just have very different tastes than this particular gentleman. But uh, <laughs> here we go. Oh, it's dark. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's dark. The deep garnet. I would yeah, say. it has that orangier tone to it. So I will uh, represent to you. Oh, I like it. Oh, this. It's smelling a lot better than it did yesterday. Oh, I believe yeah. it. I believe it. I can imagine how this would just punch you in the nose. I uh, needed to decant this. I uh, decanted are... this yesterday and put it back in the bottle. You're, when... you're right. It does have that vegetable. When I first poured this out, and I, I can't, I could not unsmell it. Barb, it just tasted like it tasted and smelled like canned cream of mushroom soup no. on Thanksgiving. Like, like. Like green bean casserole. Yeah, like but like when you dump the soup out of the yeah. candle can and then that what that can smells like afterwards. It was very bizarre. That is very strange. It's it, yeah, so just very herbal, savory herbs, canned soup, tart raspberries. Those were all of the things that I got with this wine. It's it has smelling a, a real little nice cherry smell to it. Yeah, it's definitely opened up. It did not smell good yesterday. It smells much better today. <laughs> Let's see if it tastes better. Oh wow, that is much more structured than the other one. Yeah, it's more. It's got uh, different tannin structure. Yeah. It's a way a little bit more acidic than the last one. I am loving this. It's a little lighter too. So that's beautiful. <clears throat> but I can see how it would take time to open up, like we said. Oh, it's real wise to decant these. Yeah, it really is. If um, you really want to get a good expression out of them. So one thing about these grapes, this particular winery, uh, in particular, this particular winery, you know, in this particular, particular <laughs> we're particular ladies, and you know we like to say particular. <laughs> we do. Uh, the grapes for this particular myrtle. <laughs> I said it. You again. said it again. Oh, I'm so silly. Um, it's uh, a vineyards owned by the estate, and it's uh, located. And the vineyards are located both in the northern cool region by Monterey, and the also southern, more warm part of Monterey. So the fruit from the colder part is the maritime influence, or you might get some of that like a uh, spice and structure that we're talking mm -hmm. about. And the southern part, which is going to be more warm, is where you're going to get that uh, uh, nice fruit flavors that are going to. Uh, have those harmonious, 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 harmonious tannins. Harmonious. I don't even think I've had a full glass of I wine, and I'm talking like either. I'm at the end of the night here. Oh, it's you know, it's a Sunday. <clears throat> uh, gentle punch downs are performed several times a day. Uh, punch down being when you take a thing and you it's like mix in the grapes while they're fermenting, so oh, extra yeah. skin contact there. Um, and then this was aged in new and neutral French and American oak. I so, can definitely taste that. So it's a little uh, mixture. Tarragon is something I get in here. Um, yeah, very... Lots of spices. Lots of spices, yeah. It's spicy, but you know, balanced. So it's a blend of the of the uh, grapes from the north and the south part of Monterey. Monterey. Yeah. That's nice, you know. Monterey is a nice place. <gasps> You've been to Monterey. You know, we went to the aquarium. When Tad was young, we took him to the Monterey Aquarium. Oh, that's right. You guys yeah. were on that nice vacation. Yeah, we, you know, we took a little drive down the 101. And we went to San Francisco. That was the first time we'd ever been to San Francisco. It was very, very uh, exciting. Oh, yeah. Did you, yeah. Did, you, uh, did you have any problem parking on those hills? Oh, my goodness. We were in a gosh darn manual driver car. Oh, oh. Oh my goodness! And you know, you know, Fred—he's a real nice guy, but he was swearing. He no, was swearing. And no. You know, Todd was only eight years old. I said, "You cut that filth out right now, sir." How much money did he put in the swear jar on that trip? You know, he took me out for a nice glass of wine. I can say that. So about ten dollars worth. That <laughs> Fred. That Fred. So what do we got next? <laughs> oh, well, um, you know, that was just a very small representation, you know, of California. Oh, California. Uh, I would encourage so everyone big. to, yeah, try a Napa versus a Sonoma, although I think there might be some similarities because it's kind of in the same uh, northern part of the coast, but 
I would also be interested in seeing if I could get my hands on a very southern California Merlot to oh. see how fruit forward that would Maybe be. Maybe like a Paso Robles. Yeah, Paso Robles, yeah. No, it's big, big wine down there. Uh, they mostly do like uh, Zin- not Zinfandel. Uh, yeah, Zinfandel. They do some Zinfandel for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but we are moving up um, north now. We're going to Washington. <gasps> yeah, so Washington is the second largest uh, producer of wine in the United States. Um, and a lot of vines still grow on their own roots and not transported uh, rootstock. So, um, interesting, you know, I, I never really think about grafting. Yeah, it's but a, that's a thing. Well, you know, a lot of uh, California vines were transported over to Europe because uh, of the phylloxera. Oh, so yeah, the bugs. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of European fun. vines that are on American rootstock because the American rootstock was more... Uh, more hardy. More hardy and uh, could fight off the phylloxera better. No kidding. I might want to fact check that, but... Uh, you know, I feel like I've heard that before, though. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that's that's true. So when people think of Washington, you know, they think of Seattle and how rainy it is. Oh, yeah, and they go, you can't grow wine there. Oh, but, oh, boy, howdy, can you? So most grapes uh, are grown uh, in the east. Uh, where it is a very different climate than the West Coast. You know, yes. you can go over the, the mountain ranges there, and all of a sudden you're in a different state. But it's not a different state. It's, it's still Washington. It's still Washington. It's just a lot drier. It's a lot drier. Um, so a lot of uh, really good uh, uh, red wines do very well out here. Um, some of the first grapes were planted by Italian and German immigrants in the, night, in the 1860s and the 1870s. Oh. <clears throat> it's I got, didn't know that that area was that old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, northern latitude, so they get about two more hours of sun per day than Sonoma or Napa. No kidding. Yeah, which is why the, these wines from Washington are much more uh, fruit forward. Oh. Um, yeah, and some notable AVAs in Washington, uh, Columbia Valley, oh, yeah. the Yakima Valley, and yeah. Walla Walla Valley. Oh, don't you know. So what I have for you today is Seven Falls Cellar. Uh, this is from the Waluk Slope, uh, which is a smaller, uh, you know, appellation within uh, the Columbia Valley. AVA Waluk is Native American for watering hole. Oh. So this is a historical area which used to be uh, prevalent with waterfalls, uh, not so much anymore. But they wanted to honor the past of the area and the Native American roots and That's very you know, nice story. and uh, name it Seven Falls Cellar. You know, I noticed something, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut you off, Marcy, but I noticed something between these three. You know, they all have these very, very minimal labels. Yeah, very minimalist labeling. Like one logo, and then the name of the estate, and that's about it, and just one solid color, and I have to say... It's very pleasing aesthetically. I agree. Sometimes with those uh, French and uh, Italian labels, they just get too messy. They're they too, get too crazy. Too much crap. I mean, even looking at your labels right now, it's like, wow. It's a lot. Like, what is this little, uh, it looks, is he a fireman? Oh. Your Pomerol looks like he's a fireman. He does. With that little, little, with that little uh, signet. What is Signet? Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so, yeah, anyway, back to the Waluk Slope here. Uh, this is one of the smallest and warmest uh, AVAs uh, in Washington. Oh. It's uh, 100% uh, south-facing. That's nice. And it gets less than six inches of rain per year, which oh, means that this it is sounds gonna, real nice. It's going to be real bold. This one smells so gosh darn good. Uh, 14.5%, 37% New Oak, uh, 18 months, and then 34% French and 66 American. Yeah. Uh, this is a big, uh, big wine. Cherry, blackberry, blackcurrant, herbs, cocoa. Um, when I, it smells like a vanilla oh, cake. it's dark. It's vanilla, it's tobacco, it's blueberry, it's cocoa, it's, it's purple. It's so deep purple. Deep purple, it's so velvety. <gasps> oh yeah, the blackberry and the blueberry. It's like, I got that. This wine smells like dessert. Oh yeah, you know, it smells like, like a, just a beautiful, when you pour all those delicious syrups, hot syrups mm. over, you know, some vanilla ice cream or something. This is a wine that I would pour over some vanilla ice cream. But without, it's not cloying mm. sweet either. It's got no. very nice, um, medium tannins. Yeah, it's got a nice balanced lift at the end, you know, that it's not too heavy. 
it's uh, to me this is like a very classic representation of American Merlot. Oh, I agree. You know, when I think Merlot, I think of this kind of flavor. Exactly. So and I feel like you know, out of all the ones we tasted today, this is the one that's like most of uh, maybe what. Merlot and bodies? I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So, Washington does a lot of Merlot. Um, they also do a lot of GSM blends. Um, they do some Riesling uh, as well, which I'm not a big fan of Washington Riesling. I know you're not, Marcy. I know. I've heard of this one before. And you know what? I understand why I agree with you. Your reasoning is very solid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too hot. It's too, too hot. Too hot. But this Merlot grape, yeah, perfect. Oh. It's perfect. Oh, so lovely. Oh. So this one I think is one of my favorites. That's like a romantic night. Oh, oh. yeah, no. romantic night out to the first a hockey game to watch the boys and then oh, yeah. send them off with a babysitter or something. And me and Bob just, uh, you know, maybe go out to Outback Steakhouse. And oh, get you a, know, get a table in front of the fire. Oh, so nice. Get a blooming onion. And then afterwards, maybe... Uh, no, go see a movie, like a midnight movie. Oh, a midnight movie. Or, you know, I know they don't really start at midnight, but, I you know, know, when it gets out at midnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. one, you know, that starts around 10 or so. Oh, yeah. You know, when he agrees and he says, yeah, we'll see that, you know, romantic movie that you wanted to see, that drama. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, Bob Lights is diehard, but sometimes I get him to one of my Nancy Myers. Rest, rest in peace. And then, uh... You know, last but not least here, and this is where I have my little uh, estate story, is this is uh, a wine from Idaho. This is a wine from Idaho. Oh, Idaho. Yeah. I have not spent much time there, you know. Uh, I've driven through it on my way to Montana, uh, or rather the other way, going through Idaho to Oregon and Washington from Minnesota. Yeah, you know. you know, on those road trips, you and your family love. Yeah, once a year. Once a year. Once a year pilgrimage. Not been to California yet, but we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll eventually. get there, and you know what? I said I gotta say I'm jealous. You know, before I get sick in the car. Oh, you know what? I lied. We did go to California that one time because I talked about Mendocino. Oh yeah, time. yeah. You drove through. That was before the kids. Sorry, <laughs> it's so you know. My, it was a long time ago. I you know I. I put my brain into two categories, post-kids and pre-kids, and, you know, the pre-kid years are all kind of a blur, because once those babies come in, they just light up your life and change it for the better. So, <laughs> Idaho uh, got its first uh, plantings from immigrants uh, around the same time as, uh, you know, Washington and California, so around 1864, uh, French and German immigrants. You know, I would not think of Idaho for wine. You know, uh, it's it's again, it's that same kind of latitude mm-hmm. uh, as that area of Washington. So it's southwestern Idaho and southern Idaho, okay. and it's got that same latitude as a lot of European wine growing regions, um, but it's a lot sunnier with a lot less rainfall. That makes sense. Uh, so one of the uh, major uh, AVAs and the first, in fact, AVA in Idaho is the Snake uh, River Valley. Oh. You know, yeah. one of my favorite whiskeys comes from over there. Oh, I didn't know they made whiskey. They make whiskey, yeah. I didn't know you got into the whiskey bar. You know, on a, a cold night, and when the Merlot just ain't cutting it. Yeah. You know, when it's when it's thirty below, and you got the mittens on, and you know you need some little, you need a little bit of whiskey. Yeah, you need cocoa. a nip. Yeah, there's a little nip. I know I don't get too much into it, but you know, it's important. It's important to stay warm and get your circulation going. I agree. Maybe I should try that. I think they're just, it's a little, it's like a little fiery on, on my oh, throat. Little this fire. one's real smooth. Okay. Yeah, the Snake right. River, it's a Canadian whiskey blend, but it's, it's from America. All right. Oh, I'll yeah. give it a shot. Very vanilla. Uh, oh, one other fun, fun, quick fact about Idaho is uh, one of the first wineries in the Pacific Northwest is the whole. Uh, was from Idaho. The whole? As a whole. Like, oh, as a whole. Yeah, sorry. So, you know, the Pacific Northwest being Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. Uh, and Idaho had the first winery, not Oregon or Washington. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't you know. I swear, I swear the final score of the Woodchucks hockey game on it. <gasps> yeah. Go Woodchucks. Go Chuck, 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 Chuck. 
two bucks in the net is as good as one in the what's that? One in the net. One in the net. I forgot my uh, hockey. Uh, what are those called? You know, like the early bird catches the worm. They're called something like little. Oh, um, what are they called? Oh my gosh. It's gonna drive those me crazy. colloquial phrases, you know, but it's not that. It's um, there's a there's a name, name for it, like pushing the envelope. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh yeah, D- uh, two hands in the bird. Nope, that's two birds in the hand is one in the bush. See, and that's what I was trying to do my hockey analogy. Oh with, yeah, with that one. Idiom. Is it an idiom? Yeah, idiom. That might sound. Yeah. Oh, that sounds right. that come from oh going down the rabbit oh, hole oh yeah going down the rabbit hole you know it can just be called a phrase it's yep for now it's a phrase it's a phrase a saying or saying idiom i think it's idioms and phrases yeah english idioms there we go an idiom there we are all right so now we have a 2012 this is the oldest of uh, my wines today oh 2012 uh horse Three Horse Ranch Vineyard. I um, love, I love this bottle. Bottle, you know, it's got that cute art. Yeah, and you're gonna hear about that art in a second. Um, so this is again the Snake River Valley. Uh, this one needed some decanting. I popped it open yesterday. It was pure alcohol oh. on the nose. It's got that dried fruit leather smell. Yeah, I would say on the first look, it looks more like an Italian red than uh, an American. Red. Yeah. It smells like that apasamento method, you know, that like dried out like a prune. Mm. Got a pruny smell, but you know, not the kind that but it makes your bowels move like a yummy prune. Yeah, no, I, like a prune cake. You make oh yeah, the prune cake for when uh, Fred gets that little uh, you know gets into the cheese. Oh, <laughs> you know when he goes to Wisconsin and he brings a whole log of Wisconsin cheddar back with him, and I say Fred. You're not going to eat that in one sitting. And he says, I know, Barb. I know. And then, you know, I leave and I go and I, you know, do my errands. I go to Kitchen Caboodle. I come back and what do you know? That whole log is gone. And he is just sitting on the toilet for five days. Oh, jeez. That's an extended period of time. And I'm sorry for all of that information, listeners. Oh, I think you don't. (laughs) It's a word of warning. I think Fred's pretty open about his uh, problems with dairy. So I don't think... The listeners will mind if we talk a little bit about Fred's digestive no. problems. So, uh, you know, with a lot of, I think this is a weird, uh, this is a theory of mine, is that um, a lot of white men in the 60s and 70s, uh, maybe even in the 80s, um, got really tired of their corporate jobs and were like, F it, I'm going to start a winery somewhere no kidding so that's what happened with this uh, owner here of the three horse ranch gary cunningham he was like uh fingers up to this corporate business i'm gonna move to idaho and start a start a vineyard so that oh. was in uh 2002 uh and three horse ranch is the you last know, he got right out at the right time before the financial crash he did he's a smart man smart man this gary cunningham uh, so yeah, he it's the largest family-owned winery in Idaho, uh, ranking third in production behind some other more notable ones, uh, Saint Chapelle and Sawtooth. Oh. Yeah. So <clears throat> they named this uh, essentially after the three horses uh, that they own. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's cute. What are their name? Does it give their names of the horses? You know, it does not. I oh, hear what it. a shame. I know. I you know Gary. Gary. Is I, that his name? Oh, Gary. Yeah. Gary should. He should be proud of his horses. I think we should name the horses for him. I think that is a wonderful idea, Marcy. I think this one right here in the front with the big tummy. That looks like a Gilbert to me. Oh, he is like a Gilbert. You know, this one in the back, running around. I think that's a Sandra. Oh, that's definitely a Sandra. Oh yeah, after your uh, your cousin Sandra. Oh yeah, yeah. Sandra, you know, she's uh, she was a, a a pole vault champion in high school. Oh yeah, she You're was running a, free. Real athletic, that Sandra. And she also had that weird goiter like this one does. Oh yeah, on the art. Didn't know Sandra had a goiter. She had a goiter. She got a goiter. 
You know, she got it under control. She got that goiter under control, but it's uh, noticeable in the right light. First one, the front one's name. Oh, uh, Gil. Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Sorry, and Sandra. <laughs> Gilbert, Sandra, and, and Joey. Joey. Um, so this 2012 Merlot won best of class at the Seattle Wine and Food Experience Wine Award. No kidding. Yeah. So they have quite. A, they grow quite a bit of different grapes. They grow Cab Merlot, Cab Franc Merlot. Uh, nope, Malbec. Just saw them. Uh, Petit Verdot, Syrah, Grenache, Mavedra, Pinot Gris, Chardonnay, Viennet, Roussain, Samuel Blanc, uh, and a little bit of Saint Viennet. No kidding, they are all over the place. It makes sense, they get a lot of sun probably. Yeah, so the AVA, so the winery is in, uh, you know, the Snake River Valley, but the AVA that a lot of the grapes grow on is this Eagle Foothills oh. um, AVA, and the soil is uh, volcanic ash, silt, granite pebbles, and clay. And as we were talking about earlier, Merlot loves some uh, some clay soil. So, <clears throat> so it's a good region for Merlot. Oh yeah, that's gonna be nice and soft in the mouth. Like you know, I I gotta admit, I was I was tasting this while you were reading those facts. Oh, that's fine. I was going off. Oh yeah, no, it was interesting. And I gotta say though, but this is a nice, this is nice and luscious, yeah. luscious. And you know what? I didn't even notice. But luscious is the word that they use on the back of the label. Oh yeah, look at that. Luscious is the only way to properly describe our Merlot. Deep ruby color, big body, uh, rich aroma of blackberry, cherry, and chocolate, perfectly balanced yep. on the palate, yeah. Hand pruning and training and harvesting our wines provide the finest 100% Idaho grown grapes. You know, it doesn't have that lightness that the, um, the Seven Falls one did. No, it's a little bit more, um... It's a little heavier. It's a little heavier. It's a little, a little bit more of that dried fruit. Yeah, there is there's a little more acidity for sure. Oh, yeah. So there you have it. Three uh, representations of states that uh, grow Merlot in the United States. Well, that was just a fun trip through the Northwest. Uh, so I guess now we do, uh, let's see, let me look at the notes the girls gave me here. Oh, yeah, what is the next section that we're on to? Oh, I think we have, um... I feel like I could go all day. Uh, we could do a, we're gonna do a wine term real quick. Okay. And then we're gonna do, um, the blind tasting. Oh. And then after that, uh, seven things. So let's, uh, the wine term of the week, uh, is... Not too complicated, just something you'll hear uh, maybe a Somali talk about once in a while. Um, is the punch? Oh yeah, the yeah. punch down. So the no, not the punch down. The no, punch. the just the punch. The punch. Oh yeah, no, the punch. Oh, the punch. The punch. Oh, I thought it was the punch. I think it's the punch. Well, punch. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You are right. I think I misheard it. That's okay. Uh, the punch is. Essentially, just that little divot in the bottle of your wine. And uh, I was trying to do some research into, because, you know, some punts are very shallow and some punts are very deep. And that, I don't know if it has an effect on the wine or why that there are varying types of, of punts. But it does, you know, something that it does affect is sometimes the price of the wine because it's harder to make a bottle with a deep punt. Really? Yeah. Yeah, when you make it in a glass, you know, uh, the deeper the pint, probably the nicer the wine because they're using a nicer glass. That's not I wonder if it has 100%. something to do with like sediment collecting at the bottom of the bottle. Like maybe. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, it's just a speculation at this point, but uh, you know, because I was trying to find some articles about it, like why, but all I really discovered was. Uh, bottle why certain wines are in certain style bottles you know like Riesling comes in those like skinny neck bottles a lot of the time oh yeah some bottles are more of a teardrop shape versus a like you like know, a straight one or you know yeah these two uh these two Merlots that I brought are real straight real straight and narrow yeah and then that uh yeah that Italian one's a little bit more 
not as shapely. Bulbous at times. Not as yeah. bulbous. And yours are all very nice and sturdy. Yeah. I think that Hawkstone one's a little bigger than the other ones. Yeah, the punt on that one is much deeper, oh. uh, I feel like, than these other ones. So, uh, the internet, uh, Wine Spectator says, Historically, punts were a function of wine bottles being made by glass blowers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The steam was pushed up to make sure the bottle couldn't stand, could stand upright and there wasn't a sharp point of glass on the bottom. It's also thought that the punt added to the bottle's structural integrity, but... That's all it says. It doesn't say why, other than it just needs to stand up. Great, and now we know what that means. Oh, yeah. Punt. Punt. It's not just a football move. No, it's a, it's a divot in the bottom of your wine bottle. Go Vikings. Go Vikings. <laughs> you know, you know what? You, you need to come to the next Queen Bee. We're going to do a Minnesota Vikings quilt <gasps> so we can... Uh, you know, and then we're gonna hang it up at the community center for oh, when the game for when the game starts. For yeah, when we have that game potluck. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. You better bring that hot dish. Oh, I will bring the hot dish. Oh good. Oh good. Nice and spicy and hot and molten. Oh. Just make sure you don't burn your mouth out. Oh it. yeah, I did that one time. Oh, oh yeah. I remember. I remember you were cursing again. I think I put like five dollars in the swear jar. I that think night. you did. You know what? I took it as a compliment of how hot my dish was. Uh, let's do uh, the blind taste test. I have been so excited about this one. Oh, me too. Oh, my goodness. I yeah, I think this is where we're going to have a little fun with each other. I think so, too. I think there's going to be a little bit of a mess around. Oh, yep. So, um, let's do our rock, paper, scissors. Oh. So who'll go first? Okay. Yeah. Here we go. If we do a... One, two, three, shoot. Yeah, right? unshoot. Okay. Yeah. Unshoot. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, oh. You cut me. I cut you. I go first. <laughs> well, here we go. You know, um, I'm not going to even say a darn thing about it. I'm just going to let her rip. Oh, that was a fun Do I need to <clears throat> clear this out? Yeah, let's, uh, let's clear it out a little bit. You know, they say, some people say not to put, uh, water in your wine glass to clear it out and some people do I don't you know I don't think it'll matter too much yeah something about like um, the minerals minerals or molecules or washes away the molecules but I think when you're transitioning from a red from a red to a white or vice versa it's uh, good to do but I don't really know what I'm about to have so I'm gonna close my eyes oh okay even though it's all wrapped up in a bottle Oh, that was too much. Oh, yeah, that sounded like a big pour. I couldn't control it. It was just coming out. <laughs> pour some of the bottom. Here we go. Oh, boy. So tell me what you think. Oh, this is a beautiful uh, medium garnet. Maybe a little purple. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Oh, it smells very lovely. Did you, I mean, did you stick with the theme? I stuck with the theme, but uh, I didn't stick with the, you know, oh. with the, the area necessarily. That's the only hint I'm going to give you. Did you, mm, you know what, I wonder. This smells pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. It smells pretty juicy and jammy, which makes me think that this is probably a hotter climate. I'm thinking you went New World then on this. Oh, good, yeah. good nose on you, Marcy. And you know what? I think uh, I think because you did know I was doing the United States, I think you probably found something from another New World country. I'm thinking you probably went to Argentina or Australia here. Oh, that's big. Oh, I know. Oh, God, it's like a Shiraz. I know, right? It's like a, it's like candy. It's kind of, it's a little, I mean, it's good. It's a little, um... A little flat. I agree. I agree. It is a little flat. It doesn't go on for very long. Yeah. Kind of leaves your mouth pretty quick. Punches it real quick yeah. and leaves. Yeah. No, another come and get a cookie and leave. Oh yeah. Line. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna just go with all my uh, instincts here. I'm gonna guess that this is a Merlot from Australia, and uh, probably 2014 or 15. Oh. Okay. You're. You know. You got real close on a lot of things. Oh darn it. But no. 
really good instincts. New World, yes, because it's it's hotter and fruitier. Um, this one is uh, it's actually 12.5%. It's actually not as big as it tastes. Oh yeah, I think it's just got a That's lot of crazy flavors. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, it is a 2014. So again, good there. You know, 2014 was a real good vintage for for Merlot. And it was a good vintage in California where this is from. Oh, you little shit. Oh. <gasps> Put it in the jar, Marcy. Damn. Good thing I got all these quarters. <laughs> that was a very light quarter. <laughs> okay, so um, it's uh, it's going to be from Napa and Sonoma. Oh, yeah. They do straddle. They yeah, they're please. very close. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have you open this one yourself because I want to see the surprise on your face. Why it looks so? Why is it so little? Oh, shut your face! <laughs> did you? If this is a smaller bottle, this is. Did you get like a nicer? Oh boy, what the hell is this? No, you. If this is a. on this one. This is a two buck chuck. That would probably explain why it is a little flabby. Oh yeah, I agree, I agree. But you know what? I was talking to the man yeah. when I was checking out and he was telling me about two buck chuck and they buy uh, the leftover grapes basically from growers all over the Napa and Sonoma region. And because of that, you know, you're going to get a real mix of variety and quality. So sometimes you're going to get real good grapes. Sometimes you're going to get real bad yeah. grapes. So the fact that this had a 2014, also a 2014 hanging out in, you know, 2019 in a, in a uh, Trader Joe's, I thought was peculiar. I knew that 2014 was a good vintage. So I was like, maybe this won't be so bad. It's not. It's pretty drinkable. Yeah, it, you know, I'm very, I'm very surprised. I don't, I haven't really uh, been drinking uh, two buck chuck for quite, quite well, a many years. I haven't years. been either. You know what? I think this tastes a lot better than the two buck chuck that I used to drink, though. So that's so interesting. They buy their leftover grapes. So is that like, yeah. you know, they sit like the, like they sift through the grapes and they're like, ah, these ones are too little. Like I don't want these in my wine. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they really are that particular. I mean, it is definitely mass produced. Something that I looked up and I found on a, a wine blog, but I don't know if this was true, said that uh, it is fermented with oak chips to get the oak flavor in there instead of in oak barrels. Yeah, and that's normally a very cheap yeah. method. And I believe it. I believe it because it definitely has that oaky flavor, that vanilla flavor. Um, you know, I got sweet black cherry, um, and maybe I'll, uh, you know, some bacon spices and sugar cookies. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, it tastes like a little bit like fun dip. Yeah, yeah. But it is not that bad. It's pretty darn good. You little sneak. I'm sorry. I, you know, I had so much fun with that one. I For really a second, did. I thought you were going to slip a yellowtail in there, too, when I oh, saw how small the bottle was. It's a very small bottle, but it is, I think it's still 750 milliliters. Yep. But like we were no, saying. No, but no punt. No punt. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, no punch at all. So that is one of the factors. If you go onto uh, Wine Folly's uh, YouTube page, they put up a recent uh, video about this, about comparing a cheap Merlot to an expensive Merlot. And the expensive Merlot had a nice deep punch. This has no punch. Yeah. Three, it is literally two ninety nine. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah I guess so it's called crazy. three buck chuck now, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you want it. Semantics. Semantics. Isn't that crazy? Alright, well, uh, we're gonna play that, that silly game I got oh, one yeah, for you. Oh, yeah, I guess they set some precedent there. Sure does. I don't have a thing on mine here. Oh, I'm gonna close my eyes. Yeah, close I, your you eyes. You know what? I'm just gonna close them. I was gonna say I have, you know, one of those sleep masks, but uh, it's in a different room. <clears throat> uh, let me put this down. Okay, you can open. Okay. Oh, it is dark. It is very dark. Oh, and it is vegetal. This it's, wine is. So good. <laughs> yeah, when you smell Did it. you stick with the grape too? Can I ask? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I didn't. 
I uh, I went. I went a little somewhere else. I will say it's oh. related to the grape, though. Okay. We talked about some brothers and sisters earlier. Okay. This is definitely a Cabernet Franc, then. Oh, yeah. You might be on the right track there. Oh, but maybe it's uh Oh, maybe it's just one of those, you know, half-brothers or sisters. Maybe. Yeah, it smells extremely vegetal. It's got that, yeah. It has got that uh, perazine, you know, that, that green bell pepper smell. Right on the nose. Right on the nose, and it's got some really nice cherry and plum smells, too. You know. I think a big one for me in here is um, it's almost spicy. Kind of like yeah. chili. Chili. Can you put it in your mouth yet? No. Sorry, oh. I got to do that. Oh, yeah, no. Once you put it in your mouth, you're going to be like, chili, chili, chili. Oh, yeah. Chili pepper. Oh, my God, that's a chili pepper. Okay, so maybe not a Cabernet Franc. Maybe this is a Malbec. You know what? <clears throat> what are you going to call? Oh, goodness. It's super purple. Very, very purple. Am I allowed to consult the wine folly? Oh, yeah, take a look. If you Just like. about the color. You know, maybe, maybe I'll get a little bit of hint there. I don't want to seem too silly. I'm going to guess that this is a 2015. Just going to guess the year off the top. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to say that this is a Malbec. I'm going to say it's a Malbec. And I'm going to say it's from Argentina. Those are my guesses. All right, you're uh, you're very close uh, geographic-wise. Okay, so probably Chile then. <laughs> the grape is, yeah, so it's a Carmenere. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah you did talk about Carmenere a lot earlier. I did. Oh, oh it's this Carmenere. Uh-huh. Oh, I've been excited for this one. So this is, I found this online. <clears throat> so yeah, this wine, um, uh, in Bordeaux, there's a very famous uh, Chateau, Chateau Lafitte by the Baron de Rothschild. And um, it's very expensive uh, wine. It's very popular in China. It's like a status symbol in China, Chateau Lafitte. Uh, they talked about that a little bit on the Bordeaux episode. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they also have um, vineyards in Chile. Which I should have known. Just so crazy. I should have known. So it's, it's essentially what it's doing is it's combining the Chilean vineyard with, you know, the Lafitte tradition of winemaking. So it brings, it's just, it's so elegant, uh, oh, 12, yeah. 12 months in French oak barrels, 100% Carmenere estate grown and bottled, and this is in the Cochengua Valley of Chile, oh. um, and yeah, very full body, cherry plums, so spicy, uh, very herbal, pepper, uh, that you were those pyrazines, it's, oh, it's yeah. green bell pepper and uh, chili and plum are the biggest things with this uh particular grape incredible so and another and so a lot of people do um <clears throat> try to counterfeit chateau lafitte no kidding yeah surprise surprise there so they have a very specific logo and they brand the crap out of their wine so it's like embossed oh, on the bottle. The bottle yeah uh, so it's on the cork there's another little one around down at the bottom of the bottle here whoa so yeah i was um if you can't afford a um <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously it's two totally different grapes, but yeah. if you're looking for like, you know, prestige and knowing that it's coming from a quality wine source, this would be a good thing. This is incredible. Yeah. This is all of my favorite flavors of, you know, bell pepper and paprika, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I should have gotten that knowing that that's the secret of my hot dish. Yeah. So no, yeah. this is very good. You know, it was hard to, I think if it had been smokier, it would have been more of a Malbec, but yeah. But yeah, Carmenere, that's, I'm not too surprised. Mm-hmm. What was the year on it? 2016. Okay, I was just wrong on all accounts. That's all right. You that's know, okay. is hard. It is hard. You don't do it very often. You don't, and you know, I've only had one or two Carmenere's before. I know, I'm trying to, you know, every single country kind of has like a representative grape, so it's good to, you know, just taste that country's representative to grape, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I think I had a Carmenere, you know, at the beginning of my wine tasting class, the very first one or two, when I 
said, you know, I want to take something like that home that we tasted in class. And she gave me something from Chile. This is a boring story. I am sorry, Mercy. No, I like it. And uh, But, uh, you know, I haven't had one since. So I'm going to blame I'm gonna blame it on that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to, um, you know, I think, uh, I think with Merlot and a lot of the other common red grapes, you know, we tend to get stuck in wine bubbles. And, oh, yeah. You know, we know what we like and we don't expand our palate. But, um, yeah, this is also a good uh, grape to blend with as well, Carmen. Oh, here. yeah. But great all on its own. So, you know, I think there's one last segment that we're about to do. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, the girls called it um, Seven Things. Yeah. Where we rate all the of our wines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rate all the wines. We rate all the wines. We pick our favorite one. And then we say seven things we'd like to do while drinking those wines. And then we do it while we're drinking our favorite wine. That's right. Yeah. That's, you know, I get, I get why they save it for the end because they get to enjoy their favorite wine yeah. while they're making each other laugh. They're just, that's what friendship's all about. I agree. I agree. So Marcy? Yeah. Uh, would you like to go first? Oh, sure. Um... Well, I guess I'll do a, a big old... There's quite a few bottles of wine oh, on the so table. so many. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got about nine wines out right now. That's a, that's a hefty amount to read. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I will go with... Um, I really... I don't know. I love this Seven Fall Cellars. That's fine. So Yo. good. I would do that. Mm-hmm. That one first. And then I would probably come over to your side of the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> side of the world and uh do that um the per merlot, the per merlot from 2014 uh yeah. which kind of had that natural uh to it mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then i would probably after that oh this is hard i don't I think don't i want know. i don't know it's hard to put the carmenier in there because it's not merlot so i'm kind of just gonna not even rank you the know, merlot even I though i mean the carmenier even though it's so good so we're going to take the Carmen year out of the equation, even and though... And, you know, let's take the Charles Shaw out of the equation, too, unless you really want to rate it. I uh, know. It'll be last, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think we already know that. Yeah. Uh, I guess, and then after that, I would do... Uh, I'll do this Hawkstone. So that'd be third. Third. And then I'll do the Pomerol, although I would want it to open up a little bit. Yeah. But actually, no, I'd take that back. I'm doing the Three Horse Ranch first. And then the Pomerol, and then I will do the mixture. The Benito. The Savoie. I didn't, I know you liked it, but I, I could, really did. I couldn't get over the canned, canned mushroom soup. Oh. So probably this uh, Rider Estate kind of was. You're going to rate it last? Wow. Well, you know, the Charles Shaw is last. Oh, yeah. Well, it truly, yeah. You know, I just, it was, had, I had to do a lot of work to it to get it to that drinkable point. That's which fair. I'm not, you know, a lot of upfront work did on you, that one. Did you decant that one? I did. Oh, I'm pouring it back in. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, I will go with my, uh, <clears throat> like to do while drinking this Seven Fall Cellars Waluki Slope Merlot from 2013. Uh, well, you know, I think I'm going to kick the three boys out to their friends' houses and spend a nice evening catching up on uh, my Friday Night Lights. Oh! One. Uh, you know, I want to make one of those fleece blankets that you just like tie the ends together so it's like a double fleece blanket, but it's not as hard as quilting. You know, it's it's just a quick fix blanket. That sounds nice and cozy. It is cozy. Uh, I want to, you know, splurge on some VIB tickets to a Vikings game. Uh, and I want to be wearing a nice uh, wool coat while uh, cheering on my favorite team. Three. I want to make uh, sugar cookies. Four. I want to make chocolate chip cookies. Five. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind having an affair with Brad Pitt. No. Yeah. I mean, come on, everyone. I mean, come on. They got like, your celebrity, uh, you know, hall pass is what they call it. 
Yeah. What? Yeah, you never heard this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever meet your celebrity and they want to bone you? You can, and it's not cheating. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if I have mine picked, but Brad Pitt's a good classic pick. Oh, classic, yeah. Bob oh, said it. Bob said it was okay. Bob said it was okay. It's okay by Bob. That's fine. Um, you definitely want to go down to the pond and you know make a snow angel. That is nice. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really would like to start my romance novel. No kids. Yeah. I've been you thinking, should. I've been thinking about I mean, we've been so busy with the craft podcast and the craft store. It's, well, and you have the most spectacular pen name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Babette Sinclair. You know, if I saw a beautiful cover with the author by Babette Sinclair, I would pick that book up and I would walk out with it proudly. I wouldn't even hide the title. Oh, that means a lot to me, Barb. No, oh, seven things. Seven things. Seven, you know, you gotta. We gotta make a pact. Yeah, we're gonna start that romance novel after this podcast. All right, you know, with your with your help and motivation. Oh I, yeah, I can do it. And my Honda Odyssey. Yeah, I'll take you to the publisher. Aw, Barb. <laughs> well, you gotta rank your lines now. Darn tootin'. Alright, so I know you did a lot of work to this wine, but it paid off. So crazy! So crazy! <laughs> I'm gonna pick the writer estate from 2014. That is my number one. That is my number one pick. And you know, second, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say the Per Merlot. Yeah. Because, you know, it had such a charming effect on me. It was very charming. It was very charming. And then I would say, after that, I'd say the Seven Falls, because that is so good, so classic. You know, after that, I'd say, oh, that's tough. That is tough. I would say maybe the, um, the Hawkstone. Yeah. Yeah. And then... You know the the three horse ranch. I think after that, and then uh, and then the Chateau Bel Air. You know, I just need to do more work on that one. I think it's gonna be good, but it is too tight, too medicine. Yeah, too medicinal. It tastes like Robitussin right now. Yeah, I don't like it. And uh, and you know that last one, uh, very drinkable, but the one from Benito is just not. No memory. It's like I never met it. It's like, you know, somebody coming in the kitchen caboodle and going, I know you. And I say, who? Yeah. 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 And you know, you feel bad. You feel bad knocking that one to the bottom. But something's got to be at the bottom. Yeah. So here we go with the writer estate. Bless your heart, Mercy, for decanting this one. Oh, yeah. Needs the work. Cancel. Maybe that's part of why I like it. I like that earthy place. It's so earthy. It is. So, so earthy. I'll give it a second. Oh, sure. Just a little nip. That's good. Yeah. All right, Barb. Take a little swirl and a sniff and get ready. All right. Okay. Seven things you would do while drinking the writer estate. You know, I take out my old ice skate. From when I was 13 and I thought I was going to be an Olympic skater. But you know, if I was going to be an Olympic skater, I should have started a lot earlier. Oh, but oh. yeah, I'm going to bring those out and I'm going to do a couple laps around my around Todd while he's practicing. Show him, show him what a move is like. What? You know, I'm going to go look online for, you know, collectible stamps. I'm going to get that beautiful painting of the iris from the 2014 Forever Stamp Collection that I regret not buying. You know, I'm going to go on a little joy ride in my Honda Odyssey. I'm going to go through the Dairy Queen and I'm going to get a blizzard and I'm going to eat the whole thing myself and not offer no one a bite. Well, three, what kind of blizzard? Uh, Oreo. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oreo and vanilla. Oh, oh yeah. 
Uh, I get that three. Oh yeah, three. Yeah, yeah three. Uh, I'm gonna go to uh, the zoo, and you know I'm gonna hang out with the penguins. I'm gonna name each penguin in the penguin tank. That five? Four. Four. Yeah, four. four. Uh, uh, another thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make um, I'm gonna make French onion soup. Five. Good. Yeah, you make good French onion soup. Thank you. You know, my friend. One time she said it just tastes like hot onion water, and I you know I'm not a friend anymore. Rightly so. Rightly so. If you're not a friend of onions, you're no friend of mine. No friend of mine. Onions are the unspoken hero of the vegetable world. I agree. I think you're in six now, yeah? Oh, I think so. Um, you know, I'm going to take a nap underneath um, the prize-winning queen bee quilt. I'm going to just borrow it for an hour and take a nap under it, and I'll put it back. Right? I'd nice. let you borrow it. No, thank you. I'd let you. Six. Six. Um, you know, for my final, oh, gosh. Uh, I would host I would host the Oscar party for the year, the potluck. You know, I've never hosted it before because it seems like so much work, but I would do it. That's my seventh thing. Seven things, and you can do it, and you I will. Would, and I will. You know what? I'm going to do it. I don't like having it at... At Margaret's house anyway. I don't either. It smells like cat pee. It does. She's got too many cats. Too many cats. I love cats, but you know, too, too many cats. Three is more than oh, more, two. More than enough. Three is more than two, and three cats is more than enough. She, I almost said the oh, F word. I almost, you didn't. But I didn't. I was I close. I caught it. myself. Could have put it. Well, you know, let's just put another one in the jar. Well, you know, I think that wraps up an episode. It sure, it sure does. Oh, boy, so many delicious red wines today. Uh, thank you to Hallie and Adrian oh, for, yeah. for letting us come in today and talk about Merlot. All the beautiful qualities of Merlot, the beautiful places where Merlot is grown. And just how uh, Merlot is super... Um, Undervalued, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Don't let movies make your decision in wine for you. No, make let your mouth do it. Let your mouth do the talking and the drinking. All right. All right. This is Marcy Miller, and this is Barbara Berg signing off. Ta ta.